Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today is a unique and new podcast episode. It is what we were doing last year during the school year, and it is Get Right for Sunday with kids. And today I am joined by Amelia, who is one of our catechumens here at Holy Cross. Welcome, Amelia. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Are you excited? Yeah. Do you have all the Bible answers for today? Hopefully. Hopefully. I like that. So you're in the eighth grade? Yep. Do you like it? I'd say so. So far? Yeah, so far it's been good. You got, what, three weeks, almost three weeks under your belt? About, yeah. Okay. What's your favorite thing about the eighth grade? That I get to have a lot of fun classes this year. A lot of fun classes. Okay. And what are you looking forward to as the school year progresses? Uh, the trip to Washington, D.C., and graduation. Graduation is always good, and it is wonderful. Thank you very much for taking time to hang out with me and to discuss the text for this coming Sunday. So the text actually comes to us from St. John chapter 12, and it is in the celebration of Holy Cross Day. And this is great because this is actually a holiday within the church year but we take it as our own because, well, we're Holy Cross. And this is to help us focus on the very cross Jesus died on for our sins, for our life. And it, again, just helps us remember. So we got St. John chapter 12. And now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, True, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Okay, Amelia, I think this is interesting. These disciples have been traveling with Jesus for three years. So three years they've been able to talk to Jesus, learn from Jesus, witness his miracles, all these amazing things. And then some Greeks show up and say, hey, we want to see Jesus. And Philip says, okay, and goes to Andrew. And this is what I think Philip said. Hey, Andrew, these guys want to talk to Jesus. What do we do? And then Andrew says, I don't know. Let's go talk to Jesus. They, they don't answer. And so they go up like the, the chain of command or whatever. And so they don't know what to do, but they go to Jesus. And I'm, I'm very curious. Did they say, hey, Jesus, there's these Greek guys. They want to talk to you. Or is this more of you have some people who want to talk to you? I, I, I don't know. But I think it's weird because their request is very simple. We wish to see Jesus. And I'm pretty sure they don't want to just visually see Jesus. They, they want to talk to him, especially being from Greece, they, they want to do um, have a discussion, maybe some philosophical understanding. And 
I'm pretty sure they actually have a understanding of the Jewish traditions, and they're probably trying to make sense. So the question is, we wish to see Jesus, and Jesus has a longer answer, but his first part, the hour has come for the Son of God, Son of Man, to be glorified. How is that, and Amelia, this is my question to you, how is that answering the question, we want to see Jesus? I think he means that finally everyone wants to know about him because his goal was to come down and tell everyone about him and God and to save us all. So the fact that these Greeks are coming to listen to him shows that finally everyone's ready to hear. I think that's amazing. It really is because he comes to his own, so Israel, the the Jews, but we have Greeks and they're outside. And the opening verse, uh, verse 20 Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. They knew and understand that this this is probably Passover, and there's this big thing happening, and that Jesus was going to be there. And I I love what you said. They were seeking to see, hear, and and maybe know Jesus. And this is so much bigger than little Israel. This is so much bigger than this little disciple club or this little area. Now we're, we're in a whole nother country, and they've heard from him or heard about him. And the whole idea that now the hour has come, that means that his message, that means his work has gone out and others are seeking. But then he continues. And I think this is getting a little interesting. Uh, in catechesis this morning, we talked about abstract concepts. And Jesus is great about abstract. So I want to pick on you and ask you what, the, what you think this means. So Jesus says, and this is verse 24, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And again, this is kind of weird because all these Greeks want to do is talk to Jesus. And he says, hey, if a seed dies, it bears fruit. What is he talking about, especially to the Greeks? You got any idea? Maybe the fact that when Jesus is going to die, he's going to bear the fruit and we're going to get to be free. And almost in a way, fruit dies as it's buried and then it sprouts up fruit. Ooh, I like that. Okay, so we, we know that Jesus is going to go to the cross. And what happens to Jesus on the cross? He's di- he dies. He, he dies. And then after he dies, where does he go? He goes buried in the tomb. He's buried in the tomb. How many days is he there? Three. Three days. So we, we get this imagery. And I, I really like that you pick up on this, that he dies and he's buried. And what fruit does he give? Well, what does he do on the cross? He dies to our sin, our death, and our hell. And that fruit, that, that what bears much fruit is the promise of our life, our forgiveness, our mercy, all in him. And I think this is really neat because we're, we're not told what the— Greeks want to talk about. But this is where Jesus goes. Jesus makes no bones about it. This is why I have come, even for you Greeks, I have come for you to do this. Because he goes on, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servants be also. 
If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Okay, so that's 25 and 26. And I'm going to pick on you again a little bit. The Greek said, we want to see Jesus. And he's going off on this interesting answer. And, and he still hasn't really addressed the Greeks. How can he look at the Greeks and the crowd and say, follow me and you'll have life when they're not Israelites, when he hasn't taught them, when he hasn't brought them into the, the group? How can Jesus say something like that? You want, you want to take a stab at that? Because everyone, no matter who you are, is sinful and needs to be saved. And he his goal is to save us. Okay. So I love this. And, and I wish I had one of those little bells where you could ding, 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 ding. Because that's an awesome answer. Because that's actually what he says in the next verse. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. And so Jesus is going to be glorified. And this is interesting because he's going to be glorified on the cross. What happens to Jesus on the cross? He dies. He dies. Does that seem exciting? Not really. Does it seem fun? No. Do you think that is the glory of God where we're like, Wow, the magnitude of God's power on display. Does that seem right? No. No, you're absolutely right. That doesn't look good. You have the suffering of Jesus. But that's actually him being glorified. That's actually him doing the power and might, the full work of God. Because on the cross, he defeats what? Do you remember? He defeats... Sin, death, and the devil. Absolutely. So that's where he's actually at his strongest. He's conquering the unholy trinity. And he does this glorifying God's work, glorifying God the Father for us. And again, that's terrifying to me. Now is my soul troubled? What shall I say? Father, save me from this work? I have come for this. And I wonder if he pointed at the Greeks, I have come for you. Because we should see Jesus pointing to us. I have come for you, Amelia. I have come for you, dear listener. And then this is great. Then Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. Everybody's minding their own business. The Greeks showed up to, to see Jesus, to talk to him. And then the very voice of God, I have glorified it. And I will glorify it again. And the crowd stood there and heard it. And some said, it thundered. Others said, it's an angel has spoken to him. Okay, so let's put on our tinfoil hats and be conspiracy theorists for a second. Why do we always have to explain away miracles? Because if you don't, then it's just out in the open and people can come up with different things to try to explain it themselves. But why? why? Why are we afraid to admit that that could have been God's voice or that is a miracle, that, that God is working? And, and we do this on lots of levels. But the very voice of God happens and they say, oh, God's not talking. It thundered. Why, why does that make sense? Why, why do we do that? Why are we afraid of God? Because he's just so big and so powerful that it's hard for us to wrap our minds around it and to accept it fully. I, I, I I really can't tell you how right I think you are. 
And, and it's just because we don't understand. And so we explain it away. And again, I, I have no idea how I would receive the very voice of God. Would we, oh, I just thundered it. Sound, I don't know. But Jesus says, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from this earth, will draw all people to myself. And he said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. And this is fascinating because Satan claims that he is the ruler of the earth. And in Jesus' death, he's going to cast him out. And he will draw all people to himself. And what's amazing about that is he's already doing it, as you pointed out. The Greeks showed up. They've heard of this. And they're already being attracted to him, to know him, to learn about him. Okay, Amelia, you got any questions? Anything that you like about this text? Anything that you think is fascinating or neat? Not really. Not really? You, you got all your answers? You yeah. like it? It's all good? It's all about Jesus? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for, for coming. I had a blast. Your answers were awesome, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. All right. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.